On today's episode, I jumped into the rabbit hole that is The 100, Season 7, Episode 7, The Queen's Gambit. That is a rabbit hole. Yeah, I imagine so. I mean, seven seasons in, and then we just throw you in, so. But you've you've seen some of The 100, right? I watched the pilot a long time ago. So, what did you think of the episode? This episode was pretty confusing, a lot went over my head. One of the astonishing things to me about the characters is how much they've aged. Like, I remember the beginning of the show was basically supposed to be a bunch of kids that had been dropped yeah. onto a planet, and there were a hundred of them, hence the title of the Dropped thing. onto Earth, yeah. 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 But the reason I say planet is because apparently there have been multiple Earths, mm-hmm. and there have been multiple destructions of Earth. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot that's going on between the people in the spaceship and the people down on the planet right now yeah i mean this show is a lot like the hunger games where there was 13 factions of of people and then one of the people gabriel who's i believe in the episode that you watched he turned kind of had a moral awakening but turned bad so now there's only like 12 factions and gabriel is kind of like this bad guy running around along with anders and uh the ship that he's on from what i understood gabriel's on the same ship as anders yes he is yeah. okay so gabriel's a doctor though and he didn't seem very much like a villain in this episode anders brings him in at the very beginning he's a prisoner uh and anders tells him basically you're to work with me on trying to decrypt this strange religious order artifact that they have everybody has tattoos on their faces with a bunch of symbols which i assume are part of the religious order and they are trying to, I think, get disciples to go down to the Earth or whatever planet that the other people are on. A sanctum. That's the name of the... Yeah, planet. it's just a lot of religious words. Yeah. And kind of take over what they're doing down there. But what they're doing down on the Earth planet also seems very religious. Because they are trying to do this unification ceremony. Right. Where they take DNA and they match people with their parents. Kind of Again, like- all the kids from the first season, if they're alive, are complete adults. Like, they look like they could be playing well, parents. Well, well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because in season four to five, I believe, there was a time jump. And then people seem to really enjoy the time jump that they did. So now. Is there a reality time jump? Like, did this show get filmed in 2001? Because it seems like they've aged 20 years. Well, the funny thing. Well, that means that the makeup artist is doing a good job because the fans like the time jump so much that they decided to incorporate it into a lot of episodes. So, a lot of episodes span a longer amount of time than, like, the first four seasons Mm -hmm. did or so. But this show never struck me as one that would become so sci fi. Like, I get that it's supposed to be. There's a book that is about someone, the Maze Runner or whatever, but right, before yeah. that it was, yeah. But the, he gets just like dropped on into Earth and has to do stuff. Right, well, this yeah. is based but, off of a book. Yeah, but this show, now you have like Stargate type things happening where you have portals opening up and people from other universes running in and people being like, this person is the key. And it's it's getting almost, if you're not a true fan of it, it would be really hard to jump in in the later seasons and, and get into it. Yeah, there's been um, kind of a downpouring of fans and, uh, like, negative reviews as the show oh. has gone on. Like, it still has a big fan base, but it just isn't as big as it used to be. Because, like you said, season one was about um, these people on the ship called the Ark, and it was getting overpopulated. So they dropped 100 detainees down to Earth because to see if it was still inhabitable. 
um, and then when the detainees went down to Earth, there were these people called the Grounders, kind of cannibals, and the whole entire season one was kind of about a fight. And now season seven is about like a ton of ships and yeah, like, but I'm trying to find bridge the gap. Like, tell me what happens from season two to season seven that would explain where we're at now. Season two starts off where there's only 48 detainees as opposed to the hundred detainees that they had, and so like 52 have died off. Yeah. Okay. And so the Ark, which was the ship that had all the people up in the uh, in the air, mm-hmm. um, the parents. Yeah, they crash landed onto Earth again, okay. um, in various different places, and they actually team up with the Grounders, who they're fighting again in the first season. The the one. Oh, so the kids team up with the Grounders to fight the parents, or the no, parents no, fight no, the no. Grounders. The the forty eight detainees, the parents, and the Grounders all fight these other evil people who are called mountain men and the mountain where men where did they come from they are even worse versions of the grounders like the grounders but you don't meet them. them until season two no they were in season one okay. but but they weren't like a big part of it like they're the evil villains in season two okay who's the villain of season three then season three is this evil computer named ollie who basically just wants to kill everyone on earth but they're able to take it down right okay. before they do season four is where the show kind of gets more in-depth because it talks about the nuclear weapons, but they're melting down due to uh, decades of neglect throughout the years. Nuclear weapons. Where did anybody get nuclear weapons? Were they just left over? Yeah, because the world exploded. So this is the original Earth, just to be clear. Yes. when I watched season seven, like they they were talking about multiple Earths and two which had exploded, I think. Well, yeah. At least one did. Yeah, well, that that's later on. Okay. So the uh, in season four, the grounders have this black blood that can survive through radiation. Yeah, I saw like one of the characters. I thought it was blue. They had like cut their face because everybody has a tattoo or sign of some sort, um, like molded into them, mm-hmm. and they started streaming out. They are human, right? Yeah, they are human. Okay, so they've just adapted over time. Is there a reason why they have blue blood or black blood? Well, uh, I don't know. Again, this is after the apocalypse, so I think the, and the grounders stayed on Earth. They were able to survive. So only on the Earth. grounders had the black blood. Right. Yeah. Okay. And right. uh, everyone else is kind of screwed until the very end of the season, where they're able to find this bunker that is going to be able to hold twelve hundred or yeah, twelve hundred people, and there are twelve factions. So the 12 factions send 100 people to survive, and, and there is a small ship that is going to try and make it out alive with the remnants of the Ark. So they split up, some people go into the bunker, and then some people fly away. And I, and I assume some people also just die. Yeah. Then in the show, there is a six-year time jump, and Earth is inhabitable except for this little place called the Shallow Valley, and a prisoner transport ship crashes there, and they start to live there, and then the shuttle from the end of season four comes back to earth in the shallow valley and what about all the survivors who are in the bunker yeah the bunker that is also in the shallow valley so there so everyone is okay but there becomes this all-out battle um for earth and then paxi mccreary the person who heads the prison transport ship uh, ends up blowing up earth but the people that were in the shallow valley were able to make it onto a spaceship that they also had and then they went into cyber sleep at the end of season five so everyone went into cyber sleep, including Paxton's people, or were they blown up with his... They were blown up with his... So he blew himself up, basically. Yeah, basically. He was a really evil leader. And then okay. season six, we get that uh, the people that were able to go into cyber sleep mm-hmm. uh, find this new planet called Sanctum, and they have these people called Primes, 
and primes is our royalty. When you say they have people called primes, do you mean that there are duplicate people from like another Earth, or what? What ends up happening is it's much like Ra's al Ghul from the Batman thing. Ra's al Ghul, yeah, uh-huh. where uh, when one of them dies, they have these mind drives, and these mind drives are able to go into other people, even Clark, the main character of the story, yeah. and they're able to take over their minds okay. and kind of that's you know, super sci-fi, yeah, there. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then uh, season six basically is them adapting this new life. Alexandria and the Walking Dead, if you want to think of it like that. And then season seven is um, them basically trying to uh, live with this new life that they built. So. All right, so I have some questions about the characters that I met in this episode. Yeah. We have Maddie, who apparently was a commander, uh, but then she was sort of relieved. She seems way too young to be a commander. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Yeah, um, she was getting help from a shrink who basically just told her to be a kid again, go play soccer. Yeah, Maddie's story is interesting. She's a Nightblood, and at one point she was leading... Nightblood. Yeah, the Nightbloods are the grounders. and, and Okay, because five, their blood is black, they're called Nightblood? Yeah. Okay, got it. And season five, they coalesced with the uh, normal people, and they kind of became one. The original and, colony. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I ended up uh, fighting the Paxton McCreary people. Uh, but she basically was the leader of this, like, coalition at one point that Octavia, like, kind of bent the knee to. And but she she's, was, like, 13. I know, yeah. It was, but I What mean, qualifies her for becoming a leader? I don't get it. Was she, like... In the battles? Yeah. Okay. She seemed like yeah, a kid. <laughs> well, I mean, these shows are usually for, like, teenagers and stuff, so. She was, like, one of the only kids that I saw this yeah, episode. No. Everybody else, as I said, is, like, super old. So her being the leader was, was kind of shocking. Then you have... Uh, so tell me about these prime people. So, so yeah, these prime people are, like I said, they're royalty. And these um, sanctumiums, I believe they're called, are just... Yeah, they have two names. So, like... They'll have their regular name, like John, and then they'll call him Prime Daniel or Daniel Prime. Yeah. They, and then people... So why are they super religious? Well, they're royalty. and, and they, What do you mean by that? Because they live in a palace. Yeah. Yeah. So and how are they royalty? Because, like, the other people, the sanctumiums, as they call them, the, just the normal people, look uh-huh. up to them. And, and then they why are they, place. Yeah. Why are they against the people in the sky? Uh, because the people in the sky are trying to take over sanctum. But and, they're also religious, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. At the end of the episode, one of the Anders, the guy in the sky, mm-hmm, yeah. who I assume is the villain of the series now? Uh, well, doesn't Anders speak to someone in this episode? He speaks to a bunch of people, but he starts by speaking to Dr. Gabriel Santiago. Anders, Anders is, a, is a big villain, but doesn't, he, doesn't someone wake up like... Yeah, at the very demon? end, he yes. wakes up a character named... Uh, Bill. <laughs> Bill. Yeah. yeah. And I <laughs> I really like Bill. Um so Bill's a weird looking dude. Well, yeah. yeah, he's a weird dude, but I've never seen another show do this. So in season four there was a small little video where Bill makes an appearance and it's just like a cameo appearance in this little video that I was talking about Earth before okay. uh, the nuclear explosion. They mention him once then mm-hmm. uh later on in the season. They mention him again in season five twice. In season seven they mention him one more time, and then you see Bill, and Bill is supposed to be the big bat of the entire series. Oh. But the only thing you've seen of him so far is a small cameo part in season four. Okay, cool. So that's that's. Well, he that does ask Anders when he wakes up, because he doesn't know who Anders is. Is it like, is it time? Have we decoded the uh, message from whatever weird stone that they were talking about? Yep. And then he was like, has the war begun? And he's like, no, but we have the key. And I think the key is supposed to be Clark. I think. Yeah, yes, yes, it yeah. is. But why, why is Clark the key? 
Because Clark uh, is, is able to, like, there's this stone that they're trying to crack. This sounds ridiculous. Yes. Yes, okay. there's this stone that they're trying to crack. I know that, yeah. That should be able to give them, like, a ton of power. But let me just describe the scene to you. Right. So okay. I've been watching the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Right. The main girl from the first episode, which is Clark, I think, yeah. isn't in the show at all. Mm-hmm. Very end of the episode, a green portal ignites, which is the second time I've seen the green portal in the episode. And they're like, get ready, get ready. And they bring in some guards, the people in space. And Dr. Santiago's there. And suddenly Clark and a few other people, and I think I recognize one other one from, like, the first season, and that was it, bust through the portal. And they're just like, where's everybody? Blah, blah, blah. Where's Bellamy? And they're like, Bellamy's dead. Yes. And, uh, and, then, and then that's when we get the cryogenic sleep waking up of Bill happen. And it's, like, really ominous, and we're not supposed to know what's exactly happening. But how, what exactly do, is she going to do that makes her the key? She's going to be able to crack the, the uh, stone open, and whatever is going to be inside the stone is going to be able to give them power, and that power is going to be able to give them power over Sanctum. Okay. How, this is, yeah. All right, so I'm in, like, Battlestar Galactica vibes here because of the amount of Earths that are happening, yeah. and also the just... You, you mentioned Bellamy, and it's funny how you do, because he is a huge part of this season. I recognized him from the first episode, but he's dead, so... Well, there's a huge debate as to if Bellamy is actually dead Oh, or he's not. definitely not dead, but, I mean, for the sake of this show, they showed a scene where he was making out with this girl named Echo, right. his ex-girlfriend. Wasn't it a flashback scene? It was a flashback scene, but I didn't know it was a flashback scene until right. it zoomed out of the ring spaceship they were in into a her eyeball basically they did like one of those oh yeah yeah like so happy it, death day day thing they did that happy death day yeah. okay and and then suddenly she's in a prison room with i think bellamy's sister mm-hmm. and like she forces a hug on echo to basically make her stop freaking out about the fact that she is responsible for their deaths and that was octavia right then hugs echo. Uh, yeah i guess it is octavia and then there was another storyline about other prisoners on the ship um, it was a mom and her kid Hope and Hope's whole deal was that she was like trying to explain to her mom that she wasn't uh, upset that her mom was a terrorist at one point yeah it, and her mom's name is Dioza and basically she used to be part of kind of this terrorist organization but after a certain while learned was she part of rules. Paxton's deal is that what happened uh, I don't think so oh okay no. so she wasn't part of that evil group no. um so the way she describes it to Hope is that she had sex with her father, who was a psychopath, to get access to something. And then um, if, to, if Hope wants to escape the ship. And so right. she keeps on trying to egg her mom into like allowing them to fight back. And the mom's like, if you can beat me, then we can escape <laughs> the ship. And so they have this father-daughter, sorry, uh, mother-daughter fight. And then was, she ends- I have to ask, was it well shot? Like, was no, it was just thing? like no, it was okay. constant cut shots, few weak punches. Um, it, it did what it was supposed to do, which is basically show that Echo, or sorry, that Hope couldn't win. And then uh, Echo, even though she got the hug, which apparently was supposed to cure her of being sad, she cuts herself, and that's the blue blood lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, "We're gonna fight for Anders' team." And then as soon as she says that, the door opens. And then all four of them, all four prisoners, are suddenly on Anders' side, and they go down to the real world, or the world that, the Sanctum world, as you said. Yeah. They bust in the unification uh, program and uh, just arrest everyone who's in charge of it. Oh, so even the Primes. Yes, the Primes, especially the main Prime, um, Kaylee Prime. Yeah. Yeah, she's the one who's 
throughout the whole episode tried to kind of unite people, specifically a guy named Nelson, who I think is in charge of one of these groups who is anti-Prime, uh, because he ends up coming to the ceremony, meeting his parents, his mom accepts him right off the bat, but then his dad comes up to him and says something like, you're a disaster, this was a mistake, you're all bastards of society and we should never have done this and then he stabs his dad because his Whoa, dad wow, tries to right there and <laughs> yeah because his dad tries to strangle him oh, right there and okay. then he stabs him the dad dies immediately the dad dies yeah because he stabs him right in the in the stomach Jeez. yeah but i'm trying to understand why are the parents so against their kids like it feels like something was going on there that was obviously that i missed so Knowles are children who have red blood cells, and because they have red blood cells, they can't give birth to people with black blood cells. And the reason why that is important is because people with black blood are the only people who can keep these hosts, these prime people alive. They're the only people that can, uh, that when they put the mind drive inside them, can take so over their bodies. Black blood is special. Yeah, black blood's very special, and, okay. and these Knowles are treated as second-class citizens because they're not... Um, they're not as useful as others that can actually save the royalty in Sanctum. So Kaylee is trying to make this unification ceremony so that the kids and the parents uh, re-establish their relationship. And she's also trying to show the people that um, since even though she is royalty, she's not trying to make it like a tier system or hierarchy anymore. She's trying to kind of So she's trying that. to get the royalty factor out of it? Yeah. Because there's a quite, someone asks her why she still lives in the palace. And now that makes a little bit more sense if she's trying to make things on uh, like where there's no people better yeah. than others. She's, she's trying to basically make it equal, equilibrium yeah. on all places. So there's a part of the story, the main part of the story, I think, because it's the name of the episode, The Queen's Gambit, that we haven't gotten to. And that is concerning a chess match, believe it or not. The, the Queen's Gambit is a chess move. And it is a metaphor in this episode to, I believe, Kaylee Prime's trying to get everybody to be on the same side down yeah, on the planet. And is this chess uh, like game symbolic at all? Well, let me explain it first. So there's this prisoner named Russell, and I'm not exactly sure who he is, but he seems like he used to be in charge of Sanctum. Yeah, Russell was loyalty. Royalty? royalty? Yeah, royalty. Oh, okay. I thought you said loyalty. I did, um, but I meant royalty. Okay, which funny, because loyalty is quite an issue in this entire thing. Like, uh, what is, what's his face? Bellamy and Echo, their whole thing is about loyalty yeah. and feeling like it they were like, betrayed. It seemed like, from what I was reading, everyone liked Bellamy. So the fact that they killed them off was almost like, uh, mm -hmm. like trying to make it affect everybody. But you were saying about the chess game. Yeah, so they send in the person who's dating Kaylee Prime, Daniel Prime, who used to be John, I assume before he was mind hacked uh, by the Sanctum people. And he comes in with food and there's a cookie, which he is unaware of, has a message in it that warns Russell that the unification program is happening. And when Russell sees that, he immediately challenges John or tempts him into a chess game, telling him he has information about an attack that may happen or that people will die if he doesn't beat him at chess. John accordingly calls bullshit on that, but then still accepts the chess offer just in case. And they sit there for what seems like five hours because they keep splicing back to it in the episode. And the episode takes place over a very long amount of time. And there's like 20 minutes per move. So does that, it spans throughout the episodes where you're saying? 
yes, the center splice throughout the episode. And basically every time they go to him, they're saying pithy things or threatening each other. And then we get Russell saying things like, there are leaders and there are followers. How you respond to the loss of your queen will tell me what you are. Then he takes the guy's queen. John responds, the answer is C, none of the above. And it's just a lot of back and forth, kind of macho-y macho metaphors about how the new system is being run was it trying was it trying not in charge was it trying to be like really psychological and really like good dialogue to make it like captivating and stuff like that or no it was more just kind of baiting the guy like he was like avenging your queen predictable like (laughs) there were a lot of just kind of uh flaunting and threatening methods that russell was using basically as a stall tactic. We learn at the end of the episode that he didn't really care or have information for John. It was more about keeping him away from the unification ceremony so that things could go to shit there. Like, honestly, at one point in the unification ceremony, you have not only the um, parents, I guess, going against the nulls, but you also have the people from the spaceship intervening and just taking over the place. So John was kind of like if he was at the unification ceremony, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been that bad, is what you're saying. Daniel Prime, yeah, I guess that he is more of a leader of sorts, but he doesn't put himself out there too much. Like he's not there to protect his queen. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, sense. that's technically the reason why. So by the end of the episode, it's set up to have sort of a battle again of the spaceship versus the people in the town. And you said it looked like The Walking Dead. To me, it did look like that. I can see where you made that uh, comparison. I'd also say it looks like Diamond City from Fallout 4, not somewhere where I would like to be, but it looks like a pretty cool dig for a zombie apocalypse or whatever they're trying to survive. It was a good like setting is what you're saying. I mean, it's okay. They have a palace and I think they just like to have like a rich place to film. So from everything that you've been saying, it seems like this show has kind of like supposed to be emotional scenes in it, like with Hope and Deozas and There were Octavius no like overly, dr- oh well, actually there were with the prisoners when they were talking to each other and you got the, yeah. yeah did, did those scenes work? Because a lot of critics thought that those were the best part or that was the best part of the episode. Probably because those characters have been around a lot longer. And so I would probably feel more than I did if I knew them. Echo's thing, I did feel bad because of seeing it in the flashback and thinking that was real and then seeing that she was like in such pain and hearing that Bellamy was dead and I was just like oh that sucks (laughs) yeah and actually this uh show is going to be having a backdoor pilot next episode called Um, the 200 no called the blue blue bloods 2 no it's just supposed to expand the world and it's uh and it's strange how they're going to have a backdoor pilot in the final season isn't it? Like, Maybe, I, mean, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, but uh, the show has gotten good reviews throughout its run. People say that you usually have to make it through season one in order to, like, really get to the actual good parts of the episode. But overall, it has a 92... Or, sorry, series. It has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. A couple seasons, like season four. I was going to say, I remember season three and season four being really well rated. I never watched well, them, Well, season four at 100%, and a lot of people find season four better than season three. A lot of people like the beginning of season three, but they feel like once it got to, like, around episode seven, it got a little bit too, like... Well, for season uh, seven, episode seven, lucky number seven, Yeah. Uh, I would say that if you are already really invested in the show, you will definitely like the episode because it moves the plot along. It's definitely introducing 
as you said, the big evil at the end of the storyline. So that's probably what it'll be remembered for by the time the... How many episodes are in this? Uh, 16. And it's supposed to end with 100 episodes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why they're doing a backdoor pilot. Because they want to end it at 100 to match the title. And then they want to continue the show. And that makes sense. And actually, the show was able to wrap up very, very soon... Um, right before COVID ended up making Warner Brothers shut down everything. Like, they were supposed to end on March 14th, 2020, and then Warner Brothers shut down everything because of COVID um, on March 12th. I tell they, you, it's better than, say, something that happened to Heroes, like in the writer's strike in 2008, when they were they wanted to do 16 episodes or something, or they had to cut it down to, like, 16 episodes. They had to cut, like... The, a lot big, it, yeah. the big climax out of the storyline and just shorten it and that really took away from everything so but for the, your finale you would definitely be happy to learn that the 100 filmed everything before yeah and it was like right before because like i said they were supposed to finish filming they were sneezing after. as yeah. the last thing was happening yeah and the show has also been nominated for one primetime emmy throughout its run the first season for outstanding visual effects were the visual effects pretty good in this Say? No, no, not no. At all. Oh, okay. No. They, uh, I mean, the portal that they made. It, I don't think this show was meant to be anything more than CW type visual effects. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, and I think also it's for definitely an audience because this has been nominated every year for a ton of multiple Teen Choice Awards. But again, they're <laughs> no longer looking like teens. Like Maggie's a teen for sure, but the majority of the people who started that cast off are either dead or pushing fifty. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe you know. No, but yeah, they definitely couldn't go and play themselves young again, I don't think. Yeah, and as I said, the show kind of had a bigger, I guess, fan base at the beginning, but it still has a 7.7 on IMDb and an 8.5 on TV.com. And so, I mean, yeah. You know. I, would, I would say that this uh, episode, just if you're going to cold watch it, uh, probably a 6. <laughs> but overall, I can tell that that was more on me for just jumping in there. Before we go, uh, there was there any like made up language in the show? I mean, they have symbols all over their face and stuff, so I'm pretty sure that there is a bunch of languages spoken. Yeah, because David J. Peterson, who worked on Dothraki on Game of Thrones, also worked huh. on like a fake language kind of in the first season. Um, we should have started off with that fact. I <laughs> mean. <laughs> Also, this was like one of the highest rated season series premieres, 2.73 million viewers. Um, a lot of people jumped in there. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a good place to stop this episode. We'll see you next time on today's episode. Thanks I'll be for doing listening. the watching. Bye. Bye.